this is Seth and the sounds of them doing construction outside. And this is Philorian United with construction noise. <laughs> now with bonus construction. <laughs> you know, we asked our listeners what they wanted more of and it was chainsaws. I can't believe it's been three months and they're still at it. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, seriously though, we asked you what you wanted and this is what you said. I was there. You you wanted more content, so here we are. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Um, so today was a start about power, and I've been yeah. struggling to uh, find one. Until I, I honestly, I'm, I think I'm going to bo- talk about what's happening with our landlord. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's been three months that, uh, as you know, we've been recording because uh, with that sound on the back, because they've been at it from like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every single day. I'm going to punch someone. And um, our landlord uh, they decided to do construction in our apartment. So he's been a bit more seeing how we live and he was he became really judgmental to a point where he told us like when to do our laundry. Like it was it was weird, guys. Anyway, and, yep. and like I always saw him as my landlord, as him having power over me because like my landlord, you know, like he's the reason why I have a house on over my head. But now I just realized that this part it was me giving him to him because like the moment he started to go crazy. We were like, okay, like the, the day that this power shifts change was the day he told us to get rid of Winston or Bunny. Yeah. F uh, that. Like first, no. Second, the reason why he wanted to get rid of him was wrong. And third, it's my son. Don't touch him. Yep. But like, I cried super hard and Seth told me like, he cannot do that. And we were like, okay, we're moving. And I realized that all the power I was giving him was me giving him that power because we have more recourse into suing his ass than I put a HS ass at suing his ass than he has towards us being apparently bad tenant because we don't do our laundry. Yeah. And also um, by recording the podcast here in our home, we've made this a commercial space. Did you guys know that? Yeah, no. yeah, apparently inviting people here is a uh, is not good for his privacy, but it just left leave like his um the garage door and the door to the apartment were wide open for an entire and day. And like that leads to our house. Yep. Yep. But, but literally us inviting quote unquote strangers here, so like having anyone over is inviting strangers here is a danger to his privacy. But like yeah, it's just a matter of like not giving him that power. Like But yeah, and, that's, that's the thing I like, I'm realizing more and more now, thinking of like the situation and how I've been struggling about it, was all the power I've been giving him was me giving him, was not him asking for it. Yeah, and that and it's the idea too of like of like how you can flip power, like power plays. Like so, our apartment is not technically up to code for like a small reason. It's like a nice apartment, but it's not. Um, Like we share an entryway, right? And uh, so. I emailed him and I was like, oh, I don't want to have to go to, you know, the the housing board because yeah. our apartment isn't up to code. And all of a sudden I was able to use that to flip the power. You know what I mean? To like yeah, do and so then he's nice, nice, nice with us. Yep. So, yeah, so uh, I think 
Oh, wow. That's a good one. Where actually this, this, the theme is power tools. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. And like, um, we're looking into moving maybe next month. Mm-hmm. for october and hopefully we are gonna have like something better like we were talking about maybe having a studio or something with like soundproof um curtain or something because uh this situation made us aware of how um we need quiet in our lives to do this podcast and yep. i didn't thought it was a luxury in my own house <laughs> you were wrong <laughs> apparently Sorry, this uh, the theme today is power, and we're sure. looking at episode six, which is uh, one of my favorite episodes on the on the fillery side. On our oh, earth yeah? side, yeah, on the earth side, I'm bored, but I love the fillery side. I did not know that this was one of your favorite episodes. Yep, and there's a lot of reason. So before we do the definition, should we do the thirty second recap? Oh, mm-hmm. Look at you. Reminding me to do stuff, it's rare. Okay. I'm like, you say that every time I remind you, but it's been like the past three episodes. <laughs> no, shut up. Go. Alice is a niffin. She's being a dick. She dicks with her parents. And then it's like, haha, I'm just being a dick. I'm in your back, Quentin. Um, and then uh, they build a pyramid also. Um, and then uh, Prince S comes and he's like, I'm also a dick. And I want to put my dick in your virgin vagina that's not really a virgin, Margot. And then uh, Margot's like, no, but okay. Um, and then, yeah, and then the, the castle's really there the whole time. Um, Benedict is a sweet cinnamon roll. Um, and then Julia's... <laughs> Ready, set, go. So, uh, Quentin is at the at Alice Memorial and is trying to figure out why he saw her at the end of the last episode. And at the end, we discovered that she's in his back uh, where the, the caco demon was and she was just tormenting her parents through set. Uh, through set. What? Quentin! And in, in Fillory, Loria is arriving and saying like, yo, we want an alliance, but also we're going to kidnap you and Margot marry us. And she's like, fuck you, I'm going to declare a war. And meanwhile, El- <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so the the part that we missed was the whole thing with Julia. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So basically, just to like yeah be thorough, um, Julia is trying to track down the person who uh, first banished Reynard, and she does. And then that woman tries to like basically kidnap her, and also they're trying to um, the Julia. I mean, her girlfriend. What's her girlfriend's name? Katie. Katie is there, and Katie breaks her out, and it's fine. Um, and, but, uh, yeah, yeah. And they're, oh, and they're also trying to deal with the baby situation. Yes. Yep. Okay. Just- so definition of power. So that, that like I was uh, saying the, I was trying to come up with like a, a definition for myself, but every time I was trying to st- think about it, I was thinking of like hydroelectricity, <laughs> <laughs> which is not what we're talking about. Like the power for your home. Yeah, exactly. So I went on. Um, on uh, Google, and here are the definition I found. Uh, ability to do something or acting a particular way, especially in the faculty or quality. And there were synonyms like ability, capacity, stuff like that. And the second one is capacity or ability to direct or influence behavior of others to, or the course of an event. And I think the second one is more what we deal. But I think we, we deal with this first uh, as well in this episode. Hmm, interesting. 
The the first, in fact, the first thing that I have written down is when Uh they're, when Katie and Julia are looking through all of the newspapers and like Uh the power of like natural disasters is the first thing that I have written down Hmm. Um, because they're looking through all of these different uh, like big things to try and track down this woman Uh and it's just like the idea of like the, the, you know, that there were like, there was like this ripple effect of like, you know, hailstorms and thunder, you know, and all these kinds of like tsunamis and like tidal waves, whatever. Um, and I just thought about that as like how nature is very powerful. Yeah. And, and basically that's what, that's how they track down, um, uh, Reynard. And that's why they're going to use later spoiler alert to, uh, make him come to Our Lady on the Ground. So I think the, the like the power of nature is a team in this season yeah and, and i i like that i like that like gods are uh being powerful being has this impact on our like our earth on earth like it it impact like it creates like tsunamis and stuff like that yeah well i like i mean i think that nature is like magical mm-hmm. i mean that was a really great thing to say nature is magical. magical but you know what i mean like i think that it is in a way like but i was gonna say by nature that's very silly but you know what i mean i yeah. think that it is in a way like it is kind of magical it's like it's like the human body like when you think about it too long you're like what the fuck yeah like, no i try not amazing. to because i yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know. but when you think about that like all the, the 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 like disaster that were like a reaction chain started in uh, Hoboken I think yeah. and it was because uh basically the woman gave birth and banished Reynard so basically it was like her uh her magic that created such a tidal wave baby magic did yeah. you just say an uber no oh I heard an uber no Okay, then I didn't <laughs> say an Uber because that's a weird thing to say. I also uh, like that. Um, let's stay with Katie and, and Julia. Uh, our care. Um, let's stay with them. They need help. Yes, but how knowledge is power. Not knowing what to do and like Katie trying to find the right person that could help Katie. Like that's her quest during the this episode. Like searching for knowledge is a kind of power like the like knowledge is power is a saying but like i find that and we're more and more kitties getting all those contacts in the underworld and uh, in the underground magic system which which will lead her in season four to be that like top hedge bitch oh excuse me i tooted it again (laughs) exactly so i think like this this principle of like them not knowing where to go and like trying to seek knowledge is this like grasp for them to have a bit of power over their quest. Yeah, I like that. And also, uh, like then they found uh, that woman. What's her name? Dana. Dana. I should remember that's my therapist name. <laughs> anyway, and basically the girl don't want to help her until she's using "I'm pregnant." as a way to make her agree and when we're looking yeah, it's a power play yeah but exactly because when we looked at the at the the, the description it's say capacity or ability to direct our influence behaviors and that's that use of that knowledge of like i am pregnant is how she's gonna agree to help her in, in quotation because like basically well, i she- totally used to pretend i was pregnant sometimes when i um like needed to pee real bad because i have a bladder issue and when i was still pre- presenting as female i would 100 percent be like i'm pregnant to get to the front of line sometimes people like immediately would just be like okay yeah 
Because me being like, I have a bladder issue. People don't care. <laughs> they don't. People yeah. are rude. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and um, can we talk also, it doesn't have anything to do about power, but how Katie used emoji when she texts. <laughs> it's canonical it's canonical and the fact that uh, Juliet put the the poop emojis how like she found her I just <laughs> love that <laughs> and it needed to be said um, it is pretty good um, also um, how uh, Katie will uh, arrive and help Julia and basically like she tried to do battle magic and it doesn't work and that like that, that Diana is like all like cocky and like it won't help you here and, and she punches her in the face but like a good punch you know like even Julia looks at her it's a bit turned on oh, damn. So, <laughs> so and like you you yelled that and we both wrote it in our notes like straight smart from uh, John Mulaney but yep. it is like I like that because like go, we know that KD battle magic is like her knowledge that's her way to but like oh I cannot use it I have other knowledge of other ways that I can defend myself yes, and I, I love that yeah knowledge is power knowledge is power and also um, the last thing I had about them was how Reynard um, despite her like despite Dana trying to be power, like oh yeah banished him and like uh, she's terribly scared of Rina. Oh, yeah. Well, and she he, goes from being powerful to powerless. Exactly. And he like he has this power over her that I think abusers have on a lot of people. Yes. Uh who are abused. And I think that I like this um this false confidence that That's we're gonna see, that we we see also in Filori of like Oh Prince with Prince S. Yeah. Uh with uh having this like I am po- I am making you think that I'm powerful because in my life I'm powerless. Well, I mean, but it's pre- like that's kind of an interesting idea of like is pretending or bluffing still being powerful because I think it is. It's like, you know what I mean? Like even though you have nothing, like it's a power play. It's like True. when you're it's like when you're bluffing in cards, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's still a power play and you can still win with nothing if you exert that power. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, since we're on Earth, do you want to stay and go, go to Quentin? Yeah, let's do it. Poor Quentin. Honestly, on this episode, we see how good Jason is at acting about pain. Yeah. I just wanted to hug him and also pull his hair. <laughs> Not at the same time, I hope. Oh. Um, but... Um, I my, the main theme of like this whole arc of Quentin mourning for Alice and trying to find like Quentin has this weight has this need to fix people. Yeah, he does. Or like fix yeah. things, which is funny because he his minor uh, is is a uh, power is minor mending. Mm. But Niffin Alice has like used that against him, and that's how she has power over him because basically she controls him. Mm. Like saying like, oh, do that, do that, go there, take that book, uh, like, and she like, oh, do this complex thing that my dad will have to do and break his leg, and that my mom will have to face how bad of a mother she is, like, and at the end we learned, and you asked me like, okay, what was the whole point of this, and I told you like, that's because she just wanted to torture her parents, because Nathan Allen's a bitch. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a dick. Yeah, but like this whole this whole arc was about how Niffin uh, Niffin Alice has power over Quentin. Mm-hmm. 
En wat de hell do I have here? Oh, well, let me see what I have. Um, okay, no, that, this is all in fillery, 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 street smarts, fillery. Oh, oh, um, oh, here's a question that has nothing to do with power. Why is Alice's hair crimped when she's a niffin? It's not. It, I, I, I don't know if you realize, remember, but when when she comes back to like a Nifinalis, basically, and like he's like she's like you're an idiot. We're gonna have fun. I'm in your back. She's like all back to like being normal. Yeah, and she's like a ghost Niffin. Her hair is crimped, and I want to know why that choice was made. I think that was for her to look like powerless and okay, like. But um, like being in the '90s isn't powerless. It has. It's weird. <laughs> It's a weird choice. Also, um, I I like I like it's kind of cruel, but still how um, Nifinalis use um, Daniel's fear, which is heights, against him mm-hmm. to like prove how, how much of a bad dad he was. And like we know that Daniel loved Alice; he loved yeah. her. Like, so sweet. And that's the thing. Like they like even Stephanie to her some point like she, they were not the best parent not at all but part of them love her and they i think like weren't the worst yeah and i feel like them not wanting alice to go to break bills was part of them wanting to protect her in a bad way but still like yeah. out of love they didn't want what happened to her to happen to charlie which sadly it did yeah they both missed out that's because their parent never showed them that magic because like they use magic willy-nilly like he they, re- they, they do the house for fun and stuff like that they never yeah. showed them how like magic can be dangerous if badly used oh yeah 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 so um so yeah i just like how fear basically overpowered daniel and like he was like he snapped at quentin saying like oh just do it you know because he was ashamed of himself not being able to and as someone with vertigo i get that i cannot do that but like but like i just I, like how fear sometimes will take power over the logical way because the logical thing was him to do it the last thing i had was how stephanie is stronger than what daniel think she is and i think there's a power struggle in that couple yeah a little bit because <laughs> i think like she wants to prove to daniel that like she's strong but she's not and daniel wants to prove that he's more smart but he's not and like i'm sure that like together they will be so good if we, they will just fucking listen to each other uh, sounds like a lot of couples i know yeah and i i just think that like alice was so afraid of becoming like that that like that that all her insecurity over quentin when they were a couple led to to her being like super insecure in their relationship because of that and i don't know if you remember the first thing she asked after like they um they slept together as foxes are you in love with me because like she wanted to be sure that he wouldn't because she, she like she saw her parents and like I don't want to become like that. Yeah. And I, I it's more in the book we see it more. Um even if in the new um 
comic that uh, just came out, by the way, you should read Set and everyone should read. It's a really good telling of the first book, but on Alice perspective mm. and there's this old part where she made quentin promise that they she never they're never gonna become like her parents of of not having to do anything because like they're magician they can make up money and like get a house and whatever and do whatever and so they get bored yeah you know and i think that's that's just like um if and alice uh, playing with them highlight all their flaws but also, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Stephanie and Daniel are not as bad as we see them. I don't. I mean, we see them through Alice's eyes. Exactly. And I, I mean, listen. None of our parents are perfect. Stephanie is cuckoo for cocoa puffs for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I think that we. I think it's like I think about this a lot when I'm reading Harry Potter. That like, oops, sorry. I think about this a lot when I'm reading Harry Potter. That like we're reading from Harry's perspective and we have to take yeah. everything with a grain of salt. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I feel that same way about like, this is like, we're seeing these scenes from Alice's perspective. And so, you know, of course we're going to see her parents the way that she sees them. Hey, it's funny you you say that. Cause I think that's what I liked about the comic, the, the magician comic that just came out mm. was how to see the same story tell differently. From a different perspective. Yeah, and like how the the story is the same, like the events are the same, but the story is really different. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love go read that book, guys. It's really good, and it's made by a trans uh, woman that did the drawings, and she's really great. And it's based on love work, which is great. I love it. Go read it. I read it twice, and I cried twice. <laughs> Hey guys, I just want to take a few minutes before we are going to Fillory to tell you about our patrons. We have a patron is patreon.com that Fillorians United and people like Elliot help us continue the show with as little as $1. With it, we help improve our equipment, but as well as pay the fee for hosting. And sometimes we manage to give you bonus content. So please go and help us out. I will also do a shameless plug for my Etsy shop. I have a Etsy shop with some magician goodies such as pins and patches and Hedgewitch's tattoo. So if you go on bit.ly-fillorian and use the promo code FILLORY, you can have up to 15% off my store. And this is an exclusive only for the listener of the podcast. So bit.ly-fillorian and use the promo code Fillory. Let's go to Fillory. Okay. So the first thing that I had written down is the power to jokingly say, I want a unicorn latte and someone actually makes it. Well, that's the thing. I think I, I, I think I wrote that somewhere, but like, oh yeah, over there. Um, Margot and Elliot feel powerless in their duty right now like they're like they even tell to quentin like we have a shit ton of work to do because yeah. we're and and like when the gloria happened and elliot is like what the hell is that margo's answer is like another day at the office but and that explained their power trip over everyone else i think they feel so powerless with like what they have to do that they will try to grasp power where they can yeah, but at the same time, like they have so much power. Yeah, but they don't. Like, they don't. They don't I, I think they don't understand. They don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand it yet. 
Because I'm like, bitch, you literally just were like, oh, on a unicorn milk latte and someone fucking milked a unicorn. How do you even do that? But I think it, at, at, I think that's the moment Elliot understood the, the, the length of his power as a high king. Mm. You know? Of like, oh shit, because after that, he's going to have this whole talk with Margot about duty and like their job. Yeah. And uh, But I want to go before that where... Uh, Margot and Elliot are looking at Quentin doing Le Cirque du Soleil, which, and they're like, okay, they are. As someone who's actually seen Cirque du Soleil, is that anything of what Cirque du Soleil is? Absolutely not. <laughs> but um, I just, I, like, you could see them and they were like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. But like, they are so powerless. Seeing it, they, they see their friend hurting a lot and they they, they get it but they are powerless to what they can do to that. And I feel like that's where I was coming with the the first definition of power or like uh, the ability to do something or act in a particular way. That's why they're powerless right now. They do not know what to do or what to act in a particular way to make Quentin feel better. <laughs> like also in that power that like they have that they don't realize they have, like just Elliot, like, like Fen is trying to tell him something really important and he's just like, yeah, yes. go away. Like that power to just like shoot people and be like, uh, uh, like I'm. And that's the thing. Uh, go ahead. No, just like that. I was just going to say the power, you know, to like shoot people off and be like, oh, I'm so like, he's, you know, so important that he can just tell people to make him fucking lattes and go away and do this, do that. But then they're like, oh, we're so powerless. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, you privileged bitches. And especially when he told Fan in the like, I think it's the second episode that he wanted to have like this equal marriage. Yeah. And like she's, and Fan, I think, is trying to gain back control uh, in her relationship by being yeah. truthful to Elliot. And he's not letting her, which is kind of a power, like a, a power, power struggle. Cry, because yeah. uh, at the end of the episode, basically, Fen uh, tell him, and like she, and he freaks out because like I don't know you, blah blah blah. Oh but God, like, this is a fucking drama queen. And honestly, this is the moment. This like the speech that she gave him, saying like. Uh, you thought I, I stayed because I'm deep, you're deeply attracted to you. No, like I stayed because I believe in you. Was the moment I fell in love with Fen as a character. And that, that's what I put. I put when she talks to him, I wrote power in words. Exactly. Like she's using her position as the wife of the High King to better Fillory. Because Fen always had Fillory in mind. Yeah. She loves Fillory and she wants to make it better. Mm -hmm. And she knows that as a woman, she won't be able to. Like even like a... When S was talking with Margo and say, "Oh yeah, you were gonna still gonna be able to talk in public," you know. Yeah. So that Fen used this position as a power to like better Fillory and like don't do not take bullshit out of of Elliot. Like his word will hurt her. Saying, "I don't know who you are," and she's like, "I'm your wife," but like that she's like, "I know that you don't love me and that you don't desire me," and I could have like walked away. So fuck you for being a drama queen. Yep. And I, I love her. And I love her dress. <laughs> it's one of my favorite outfits. Mm -mm -mm. um, anyway. So I'm trying to think. Let me see. I had something else. Oh, going to um, Prince S and Margot. I thought it was interesting, the power play there, because, like, we have him trying to, like, manipulate her. And he, like, kind of successfully manipulates her into having yeah. sex with him. Um yeah where he's like he does the whole like well 
I've had the best sex. And then she's like, I have better sex. I don't understand. Guys, listen, I don't understand this world. Um, I, I want to, I want, I just want to um, point out to something. He called Mar- Margot the Virgin Queen. Yeah. It's not about sex. Y'all know that, right? A virgin queen is a queen that is unmarried. That's it. Oh, I didn't know that's, that. Yeah, that's how we call uh, Queen Elizabeth, I think, the first album. Oh, that's weird. Queen Elizabeth, first of England, who died unmarried, we call her the virgin queen. That's not what virgin <laughs> means. But like that's the idea of a non-married a non-married queen is a virgin queen because at the time you will only yeah 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 only have sex after, uh, during marriage. Oh, that's interesting. But, so like when he was saying, "I want to marry the Virgin Margot," it was never about sex. But, but he since, literally said, "Oh, I don't like the idea of marrying a virgin either." Yeah, but that, in that's that him. Context he meant virgin in sexual. Like, yeah, but I think he was playing on her at this point, because like you could see that like she was like, oh, I'm not a virgin, and he was like, okay, I'm gonna play on her, because he's come, he's, he's from Cincinnati, too, which I find it funny that, that like we never. Mom is from Cincinnati, but I, I I I'm sad that we never touch on that after that like S went on Earth, yeah, you know, and the fact that he went on Earth gave him a kind of power because. Only uh, kings and queens of Hillary come from Earth. Mm. So by going there, that gave him a political advantage of understanding that. That's true. And and at, at the end, like, uh, but at the end, the the difference between us understanding people from Earth and people from Earth is Margot could, could undo his illusion. Mm. He's not a magician. Well, that's the other thing that I put, like, the power to do magic in Fillory, like, how doing magic in Fillory is, like, a very powerful, like, you're powerful if you're able to do magic there. It's not something everyone can do. Exactly. And how, like, um, even if he has this power of knowledge, uh, we're going back to knowledge is powers, but, like, of knowledge of how to talk to the queen and queen saying, like, yo, you fuck shit up, you know? He's still a Philorian at heart mm-hmm. who doesn't understand everything from Earth and doesn't understand that double crossing people from New York is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, don't don't fuck with us. We'll fuck you up. And also, S was expecting for the thing not to work because he was like, "Okay, Plan B," and like they they like he knew she would say no. Yeah, and I'm sure he made sure to call her a virgin for that. Mm, maybe because he was like speaking and that's like i am going to give myself to the virgin queen Margot, you know like yeah. in this like diplomatical way which in the end he, and she like fuck you and also like just after Margot was like oh i'm I'm not gonna marry him and elliot said like uh but you should and say i don't i'm not gonna marry a stranger like that and elliot was like i did bitch and you see and you see margot's face doing like a oh shit yeah mm-hmm. and i i like that he called her for a double standard about the wedding because as much as as much close of margot and elliot are together Elliot has this power move of i sacrifice everything for everyone so shut the fuck up yep like, don't cry me a river right now. But in the end, like... Don't cry for st- me, Argentina. <laughs> but in the end, he, tell, he tells her, like, oh, do what you... I want to do what you want and, like, what's going to make you happy. And she was ready to marry S until Penny arrived. 
and give them back the power because what they have knowledge of what's happening. Kenny, and I thought you said until Kenny arrived, and I was like, "Who's Kenny?" <laughs> but I think, like, I, and I think her being, um, like, her knowing that, like, oh, it's a bluff and blah blah blah, and going on a rant, and Elliot is like, "Yeah, whatever that means," you know. And she go, she go a bit power hungry, and she declare war, not knowing what her words mean. And it goes back to the, lat- the unicorn latte. Because her declaring war, she doesn't know the impact of what it means yet. And it's going to trickle down to um, episode nine or this English miss. But she's almost going to lose Elliot for that. And I think it's the same thing as the, like, the latte saying, like, oh, yeah, I want that and people doing it. She doesn't under, uh, understand that saying I, I'm, I, I declare war on another country have an impact on the entire country. Yeah. Also, can we just shout out to Elliot that refused to quit Finn because she's pregnant? I mean, that's good, I guess. But I, I, I just feel like as much as he didn't want to be a father... Like he could run away, you know, like or just well, send her away. But really. I, I guess I don't send her away. Send her away, exactly. But I think he just no, like I made a human with that person, and I kind of like her, not like maybe as a friend, and like I don't want to be like my parents, you know. Like he's yeah. trying so hard, baby. Oh my god, he is trying. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, going back to um S. And Margot, uh, at first, like you were saying, the the moment when they are, um, he's like, uh, oh, I'm not a virgin. Oh, yeah, well, for me, you're a virgin. Yeah. Like he's cocky because he's powerless. He knows. Yeah, but also, I think he had. It, it's a power move. Like it's he's not powerless. He's doing a power play. But you see, you, but yeah, but like when the, she says, like, I, I agree to marry you. On, uh, on one condition, I want a tour of the of the kingdom. Then he is powerless, but before that, he has the power because he's created the power. Yeah, but like he had this cocky face, you know. I think he's acting because after that, S is not that cocky for the rest of the time. We're gonna see him. Mm. You know, like I think I think he's a bit uh, he's a bit cocky, but not that much of an asshole. Or saying like, "Oh, you're you're a virgin for me," you know, like. I think he was just like bolstering because he knew on like putting on a little bit of a show. Yeah, and I, I wrote sex as power, but on both ways, on S way, are saying like you're nothing for me, and like I've had other girls, so you're not like, gonna impress me. And and Margot saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, bitch, oh yeah, you know. And it's one of my favorite moments in the show of like Margot showing that she has power in a way men won't. Because we know as high queen, she doesn't have the last word. She doesn't have the same power that as Elliot. Yeah. But, and like, she doesn't have the power to say like no to, and she knows that she doesn't have the power to say no if Elliot say you're going to marry him. Yeah. But, but, right. but she's showing us in our couple, if we're going to be together, I'm the one with, like, that's going to run the show. You're not the one. Don't try to think that. And they both use this sex as power. And at the end, like beg me and stuff like that she makes him understand that if we're in this together you're my bitch (laughs) yeah she does like even if i agree and it's a forced marriage and like blah 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 
You are my bitch. <laughs> you are my bitch. My bitch. <laughs> and um, the last thing I had for this episode was, so Margot has this dream where she arrives in an exam and it, uh, she has to do her midterm and she has 10 minutes and now she's naked. Uh-huh. That's the power school is over us. <laughs> terrifying. That shit's terrifying. But yeah, I was wondering like what... What did it have about power and her? Well, what does it say? She feels powerless in that situation in her life uh, right, right now. Because mm. that was, I think, before Penny. That's before Penny has told her that yes. she has the power. That's right when Penny's about to tell her. So she, it's her feeling powerless. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So, uh, oh, yeah, we have to. We, it's not to. Time to do the Lectio Divina. Oh, yeah. Let me get and- my Lectio Divina paper up. So, um, so yeah, we're going to do some Lectio Divina, uh, which is a monastic practice from back in the day. Uh, and basically what we're going to do is um, Kat probably right now is scrolling and is going to find us a nice sentence from or a phrase from the... Uh, script of this episode and we're going to do four steps so basically the first step is that we're going to read what's literally and talk about what's literally happening um the second step is that we're going to think about if it reminds us of any stories or things like that third step is about what it reminds us of in our lives and the fourth step is what do we feel called to do based on the conversation that we've had so kat what is our sentence uh it's gonna be i'm shockingly progressive for lorian Great. So, um, currently what's happening is, uh, Prince S is talking to Margot about, you know, how he's going to let her speak in public and all of these things like, oh, so grace, so much grace, so beautiful, um, that he's going to allow her to do all these things and that he's so progressive for letting her do things like speak in public. Yeah. Um, so as far as stories it doesn't make me think of a story as much as it makes me think of when people use qualifiers like oh you're so pretty for a black girl or like (laughs) for that like it makes me think about when people pull that kind of shit I'm like you know when you're when you have to say like for this I'm so this for that or you're so this for that (laughs) then you're being problematic and you stop (laughs) see for me it makes me think of what progressive means mm. is really different for people because like letting people speak in public is not progressive here. Yeah. It's just freaking normal. Uh, it's, it's subjective. Exactly. Meanwhile, in Loria, apparently it's a big deal. So the, I, like the idea of saying I am progressive first, like you're, you, sh- you shouldn't be the one qualifying yourself. People should tell you that you're progressive, yeah. you know, uh, but you can say I have progressive ideas mm-hmm. or view but like i am i don't know but like yeah this idea of like okay you think you're progressive but like it, you went on earth you know how women behave you know you're not progressive <laughs> shut up exactly and how like this is a subjective term uh what about in your what does it remind you of in your own life can you say the sentence again i am shockingly progressive for a Lorian. I don't know. It also makes me think about, for some reason, it's making me think about how I, <laughs> at one point, I went through 
my old, um, I was going through like some old paperwork and stuff in a storage unit. And I found an essay that I wrote on how abortion was a sin. And my God. Yeah. And I mean, listen, everybody has different values about that. This isn't about that necessarily. Um, but it, my views had wildly changed since I wrote that. And I think I wrote it, I think it was high school. I don't think it was college. Uh And the idea of like how, and like, I think I probably would have thought at that point in my life that like, I was a pretty open person and a pretty progressive person and like Mm -hmm. working, but like, but I've changed a lot since then. And so I don't know, it just makes me think about this sort of idea of like growth and how progressive like sort of like you were saying how it's subjective where like at that point in my life, I probably still would have said like, I'm a pretty open-minded person, blah, blah, blah. But like that was so subjective to like how I feel now mm-hmm. and my views and thoughts now. thing that uh, makes me think in my life, I think that it, hmm, hmm. I have this person in my life that I, I want to disclose mm-hmm. the name or the relationship because doesn't matter. Yeah. Who told me not long ago that Trump was not racist. And I'm still upset about that. And the and the person truly believed that and truly per, like think that she's like forward thinking and progressive and like open in the world but she told me that and I've been a a really like struggling into forgiving that person for thinking that and then saying that that she's progressive but I think the idea of she maybe thinks she's progressive in her own set of value and like a bit like uh s saying I'm progressive you know like He's progressive for Lorians, maybe like the person where she lives and like her entourage. She's progressive about the way she thinks, even if I don't agree with the statement, maybe for her, that's a way to be progressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like taking things in. Um, Contextually. Thank you. In, in context. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so the last step, and you sort of already touched on this, but I, so I don't know if you want to talk about that again. Yes. But um, what you feel called to do. And I, I think it's going it's to go back to that, the same thing of that person of, even if I think, oh, I'm so progressive, there's always room to improve mm-hmm. and to see other ways around and not being so close-minded in my progressiveness. Like me thinking I'm progressive shouldn't allow me to also not listen when people say you might not be. I think sort of going off of that for me, I think of not thinking that I'm better than people um, and remembering that I once wrote, you know, an essay about how abortion was a sin and truly believe that and like how my beliefs changed and like I wasn't a bad person when I wrote that essay. Um, And I don't think that people are inherently bad just because they believe different things than me and just like really, yeah, just remembering that I'm not better because I believe certain things and that everybody's different and just, you know, being respectful of people while I think it's still important to, you know, if you believe something strongly to explain why you believe it and have respectful conversations, but still doing that in an air of respect and understanding and not trying to prove that you're right. Exactly. Yeah. 
I like that. Yeah. This was a good one. It was a good one. Uh, <laughs> and now we have to do our uh, flower and our vase. Yes, I love this part. So uh, this is an uh, an old saying that my grandmother used to say that uh, basically you cannot give the flower and the pot at the same time. So don't give a backhanded compliment, such as "you're funny" for a girl. Uh, so we're gonna give a flowers to the person that think did a good thing or acted well, and a vase to the person, a person that means it in the face. So I want to give my flower to Katie for punching that bitch in the face. <laughs> yeah, it was so cathartic. And also, um, can I just give a flower to the hacks and Paxson because I think the hacks and Paxson deserves a flower. Yes. <laughs> Poor Hackson Paxson. Um, and then I'm going to give my vase to S for manipulating Margot into sex because that's some bullshit. Amen. Do you think the Axon Paxson gave Julia the bone so she could like file it? And- yeah, I was wondering, or, or even if it was just like, hey, here's some food, maybe like. Yeah. You know, like I don't think it really, I think it was, it was just like a gesture of like, here's the thing for you. Like, we're, we're reading this together. Yeah, I thought it was just really sweet. And I want the Hacks and Paxson mm. to have a flower because it's tried. And it, yeah. 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 Unsurprisingly, I'm going to give my flower to Fan. <laughs> uh, just, no, but just to stand up for... For standing up to El. El. Yeah. yeah, and also to to call his bullshit and say, like, I, I believe in you and I want to believe in you if you let me. And that's mm. something that, uh, like, Elliot is so close that he's not even letting her believe in him. Yeah. And and I think after that he's gonna respect a bit her more, more because of that. Mm. So uh, I want to like yeah for Fen to to remind Elliot that she matters too in his life. Yeah. And I want to give a, a vase to so many people. I would. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say the person who I forgot was also Niffin Alice. She deserves a vase. Oh, yeah. Also, can I give another flower for Benedict just to draw the map for Penny that was here? Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to give a uh, a vase to Loria in general. (laughs) No, but like basically he was so basically he came as a how you call that embassy. Yeah. Representing Loria. And he was like, yo, give us 50% of your power. And they were like, bitch no and they were like okay we're kidnapping you what the fuck <laughs> that's not great uh like and I, I, I don't know it i don't know if as father what's his name uh idri 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 like planned the kidnapping with him but if not it's even more fucked up so yeah like a big uh, like to the whole diplomacy of what happened that was trying to force someone in marriage. What the fuck? To the diplomacy department of yeah. Loria. Of Loria, like, y- y'all need, like, a political class. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Hey, they stopped, they stopped doing construction. Yay, now that we're finished with our episode, they stopped doing construction. Of course. <laughs> I'm just thinking. <laughs> All right, well, um... Now it's time to go watch the other one and record again. I can't, Yay, I guess. can't wait. Bye. Bye. This has been Philorian United. Once again, we want to thank Harry Potter and the Sacred Text as well as Spirits for being the inspiration of the show. We want an extra thank you for Vanessa Zoltan who thought of what is 
Lectio Divina. I hope we're not doing it so bad. <laughs> we also want to thank our, our, all our patrons, people like Elliot, that gave us a bit of their money and make uh, this lovely show happen. If you have any questions, comments, uh, reaction to your own Lectio Divina, or I don't know, fan art, uh, ukulele song, I don't know, uh, just go on uh, either philoriansunited.tumblr.com We also have a Twitter at philorians with an S or an email philorianzunited at gmail.com And until then, I wish you a good day. Bye! Okay, so... Oh, I have an order. Yay! <laughs> Bonus content. Bonus content.